That'll shut him up. That will shut him up. Oh, just shut up. Shut up. Any of them titles you want to take for today's message. First John, let me get there myself. First John chapter 2. And it don't show, but I want you to also to find Revelation chapter 20. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. Revelation chapter 20. Verse 2 and 3, and he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and also called Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him in the bottomless pit, and shut him up. That'll shut him up. That will shut him up. Oh, shut up. Oh, just shut up. Shut up. That's what God is going to do to the devil one day, and won't that be great? And won't that be great? Father, we ask and pray for your anointing upon this sermon, upon the rest of this uh, service, and we're praying, God, that your will be accomplished in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. If Israel does a preemptive strike on Iran's nuclear reactors, all of this could start clicking into place. Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, said we will drive them into the sea, meaning Israel. The second in command last week of Iran said we will wipe Israel off of the map. The king of the north, which I've mentioned this now, this will be the third time. It's amazing to me how God set this up so simply because at the end times, there's basically going to be four kings, four armies. The king of the north. Russia, king of the south, Arab states starting with Egypt, the king of the west, Europe, king of the east, China. And the king of the north, along with the king of the south, will go down into Israel at the very beginning of the tribulation period. Russia will guarantee the Muslims that we will give you Jerusalem after we kill off the Jewish people. And the last time I was at Israel, being there at Jerusalem on the Temple Mount with the Golden Dome just right there, and there was, I'm guessing, 15 to 25 Muslim men sitting there in lawn chairs around underneath different parts of that to where there was shade. And I asked the tour guide, what are these guys doing? And he said, they're here waiting for a call from the Saudi government to incite riots. And he said, you know, Saudi Arabia, America's friend. What could I say to rebut that? Nothing. Now, I'll grant you, I'm not a politically correct kind of guy. 
but neither am I a guy that preaches politics. But I am a pragmatist, and I am a realist, and I do see what goes on. And let me tell you, the Muslims, and I'm not painting them all with the same brush, but I do like what Franklin Graham said after 9-11. He said if that would have been an airplane load of Baptists, every Baptist in America would have spoke out against it. That's right. That's right. And there was not one known cleric, Muslim cleric, that stood up publicly and spoke against what happened on 9-11. It's Muslims who nurture such groups as Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Islamic Jihad. And the idea that we're going to somehow reason with them, that needs to be forgotten. Iran is beyond the reach of eloquence. I don't care who's speaking to them. And America has been talking to Iran for 30 years, and we've got that much to show for it. Preacher, where is America in all of this when it comes to the end times? A couple of months ago, after a meal that we had for the guest services uh, portion of Orchardville Church, Dan and Sherry Gill was talking to me after that, and they asked me that very thing. Preacher, what about America? And I said, well, the Bible really has very little to say about America in the end times. And the moment I said it, two words come to my mind. But I didn't mention it because it had been a long time since I'd studied this. And the two words that come to mind are these, young lions. Ezekiel chapter 38, and you need to go there because we'll hit there a few high spots here. Ezekiel 38, verse 13. Ezekiel writes about the merchants of Tarshish, which are basically the European countries, with all the young lions thereof. England is known, and all their flags have a lion. We, being a, a portion of England, we could very well be considered, and I don't think it's a stretch, since we came from the lion, we as America could be referred to as the young lions. And the king of the West, in what will happen when the king of the North, Russia, and the king of the South, the Arab states, they will go against Israel. What will be the response of the kings of the West, Europe, America included? We will do nothing. And that troubles me to say that, but I wonder if the reason we will do nothing is because our national debt is $188 million every, wait for it, every hour. Not every day. Every hour. And the political mood for Israel is changing, unfortunately. And cutting, now our president is talking about cutting 80% of our military. Well, preacher, that's good because just how many bombs does it really take? Let me talk to everybody that's 35 years of age and younger right now. 
because I think that's the message that they have had uh, uh, give to them at nauseum. The message that that sends to the rest of the world that we as America are willing to cut 80% of our military, what that sends to the rest of the world is not good. There are two Muslim sayings that are known, I mean, it is, it is, it is instilled within them at birth almost. One of these Muslim sayings is this, the West have all the clocks, but we have all the time. Here's where that thought goes. Any country that has freedoms, the Muslims will know that they can get into that country and use those very freedoms against that country. Not overnight, but with time. This has already happened in Europe, throughout Europe. Almost any given city board, it is not filled with men called Robert and John and James. It's called with, uh, those heads of those boards are voted in because of the sheer number that's there. They're Abdullah and Muhammad. And they know with time, this can happen. Abe Lincoln said the Constitution is not a suicide pact. I love that. He's saying, sure, we build on the Constitution, but don't let the very Constitution hang us. The second saying, Osama bin Laden coined this phrase. If there is a strong horse and a weak horse, by nature you will choose the strong horse. If America is willing to get rid of 80% of our military and no longer spend that on military, the king of the north, the king of the south, and the king of the east look at that and say, oh, goody, goody, how much America must love us. If you think they think that, you got a hole in your head. Here's what they think. That's a horse that's growing weak. I'll say that again. They see that as a horse that's growing weak. America and Europe will not save Israel. And I, as a pastor of this church, and you hear me preach it at least once a year, when we take a day to honor Israel, God's word is explicit. It is, it is, you can see it exactly what he's saying. If you bless Israel, I will bless you. If you curse them, you will be cursed. That's why as long as I am pastor here, there will not be one ounce of anti-Semitism from anybody. No way, no how. I won't put up with that. I don't know why this is, but in America, people have the idea of Jesus. What? Jesus wore a three-piece suit, and he was head of the Baptist Association. That's not true. Jesus was a Jewish man. 
every word apart from perhaps the book of Luke and the book of Acts because they're unsure whether Luke was a Jew or Gentile, but let's say that he just a, he was a Gentile man. Every other word, every word outside of Luke and the book of Acts was written by a Jewish man. Everything that we have that we can look at in the Judeo-Christian ethics and what we have in the Bible came to us because of the Jewish people. Thank God for the Jewish people. They, they comprise less than 1% of the, of the uh, population of the world and yet will garner over 50% of all Nobel Prizes every year. Why is that? God's blessing upon them people. But will we come to their aid when it talks about this in Ezekiel and, and also the book of, of Revelations? I don't think we will. I think what I've already mentioned. I think the national debt, for one thing, will, will keep us from it. Another thing, I don't think we're going to have the heart for it. We're not going to have the stomach for it. God will save Israel. Now, I want you to think of this. Let me set this up. The words that I'm about to speak, these are words that God himself is going to say the one who speaks worlds into existence. This is what God says in Ezekiel chapter 38, leading up to all of what was in 38, all that's going to be in 39. God says in Ezekiel 38, verse 18, my fury will show in my face. That wouldn't be good. When the God of heaven and earth the creator of creators, I mean the one that without him nothing is here, God's going to say, that rips it. And there will be a mighty earthquake. There will be every sword will be against his brother's sword, and there will be fire and brimstone that will happen that will demolish Russia and the Arab states. That will happen pretty much as tribulation period starts right off the bat. God has used these weapons before. God sent an earthquake and swallowed up Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, the three that withstood Moses. Brother fighting against brother, God did that with Gideon defeating the Philistines. Fire and brimstone, Sodom and Gomorrah. Russia and the Arab states have been destroyed, not by America, but by the hand of God. Into this vacuum will step the Antichrist. I told you a few weeks ago that the devil offered Jesus all of the, all of the, the wealth and the power of all the world, and of course Jesus refused it. There will come a one who will accept it. The Antichrist. There will be a one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world ruler. Brock Chisholm, and I mentioned that man's name before in another sermon, the former head of the UN, listen to these words. Give us a man that can solve the economic troubles of this world, and we will follow him whether he's a god or whether he's a devil. Hitler's reign of terror lasted seven years. He overtook 
ten countries. The Antichrist, reign of terror, will last seven years. He will overtake ten countries. If you want to look at a more uh, detailed similarity between the Antichrist and Hitler, you can hear that sermon last week. How many of you ever heard of Lignostone? Very few. Lignostone for a few years have been used on skis, snow skis. Lignostone is a densified wood that's harder than iron. Of course, you can't pick it up by radar. And with intense heat, it will burn. It's amazing to me that right now, Russia is buying up most of the lignostone of the world. And they're using it to build armaments. They're using it to build their tanks. Do you know that in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about that Israel for seven years will pick up the armaments that the king of the north and the king of the south use to try to destroy Israel. They will pick those armaments up and will burn them as fuel. I've mentioned this before. You can't outbox God. Your arms are too short. God wrote this over 3,000 years ago, and here it is coming true right now. There ain't very many people preaches the love of God and the grace of God any more than I do. But there does come a time to when we need to realize and know what's coming down the pike and not have our head stuck in the sand, but know, hey, this is real. The Bible speaks of these things. I want to be saved. I want my family saved. I want people I work with saved. And if you're just playing church, you probably don't like this sermon. King of the East will have a 200 million man army trivia question as of right now today who has a 200 million man army china you know i don't want to rain on everybody's parade but i'll give you this factoid that's not so great to hear but nevertheless it's true the interest, the interest of what we pay China. The interest, the interest pays for their 200 million man army. The interest. So it comes to the point to where if China does something we don't like and we say, hey, you shouldn't do that, you know what they're going to say to us? We don't care what you got to say. We don't care what you got to say. You're indebted to us. We don't care what you've got to say. And China will march, and we've already, let's review, King of the North, Russia. And if you, all you got to do is look at a map. It's as easy as that. King of the North, right directly north of Jerusalem is Moscow. Directly north. King of the North, Russia. 
king of the south, the Arab states, starting with Egypt. King of the east, China. King of the west, Europe and America. We've looked at those four kings, but there's one more king to look at, and we don't look to the north or the south or the east or the west. We look up because the Bible says the king of kings will step into all this foray. The king of the kings, Jesus himself, is returning. I mentioned uh, last week Jesus literally was born of a virgin. Jesus literally healed people. Jesus literally died for the sins of the world. Jesus literally was buried. Jesus literally rose again. Jesus literally ascended into heaven. And Jesus one day literally will return to this world. And a good way to look at this is this. Jesus, when he returns in the rapture, and you've heard me say it before, that's a surefire way because anybody could get surgical imprints put in their hand and wear a robe and sandals and say, hey, I'm Jesus. Anybody could do that. But it is a, it's a failed-safe way for God to appear in the sky in the clouds and my fat, squatty body all of a sudden begin rising up into the heavens. I'll say, that's the real deal right there. That's him. That's him. That's the real McCoy right there. That's really, 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 really him. And Jesus will come back for his church but then Jesus will come back for his nation, the people of Israel. You've heard me say it before, even in communion. Jesus himself changed, changed that whole concept of communion, not just for the church, but for the Jewish race. Where they've been able to have community even in the most difficult situations, in concentration camps and everything else, when they couldn't have the Passover lamb, but they could have that juice and they could have that bread and they could have community in doing that. The first time Jesus returns will be for you and me. And if you ain't ready, you can be ready today. You can be ready today. You can walk out of this place. You may have walked in not knowing. You may have walked in knowing that I am not ready, but you can walk out of here knowing that if Jesus Christ calls for me or if he calls for his church, either way, I am ready to go. You can be ready. You can be ready. And the second return, Jesus will return riding a white stallion. And guess what? All of us will be riding a stallion as well. Well, I don't know if I like horses. Well, you'll like one. You'll... You'll like it, no doubt. You'll like it. Second Thessalonians, the Lord will consume that wicked one with the spirit of his mouth and with the brightness of his return. Let me read a few scriptures and then we're done. Revelations 19, and I saw the beast, the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast, meaning the Antichrist, was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles, and with, 
with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Chapter 20, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. Oh, it's just God wins one day and the devil wins another and it's just neck and neck and we just never know who's going to win. And Oh, the devil's got so much power. And we just don't know how can God ever overcome. Booey on that. The Bible said God takes one angel with one chain and binds the devil in the pits of hell. One angel with one chain, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. He'll cast the devil into the bottomless pit and shut him up. That'll shut him up. I asked the staff or in the K's office if that'll was a word and um, Justine said, well, that'll be the day that I die. Is that how the song goes? That'll be. So that's how we gauge if old classic rock and roll numbers. If they stand up to that, then we'll let them happen. That'll shut him up. That will shut him up. Oh, just shut up. Oh, shut up. Shut up. That's what's going to happen to the devil. God's going to shut him up. Hallelujah for that. Praise God. Let's all stand. Preacher, I'm going to be saved one day, but just not now. I'll be saved during the tribulation period. You won't. You won't. And I've repeated that now. This is the fourth sermon that I've preached on the end times, and I've mentioned that every single time. I want you to get it. You won't. Yeah, but I've heard all this, all these, pre what you preach, I'll come back in my mind and I'll get saved. I know I'll get saved. My family's gone and people that I know were Christians are gone and all these things, these horrendous things happening on the earth. I'll, I'll come to Jesus then. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. And I just want to be truthful with you. God will require me as a good steward one day to stand before him and give an account of what I preached and how I led this church. And if you think that, I'm going to straighten you out right here. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. The love of the truth says Jesus died on the cross that we could be saved. I think anybody can understand that. That's what the love of the truth says. But you instead of receiving it, you refused it. See, this is not Donald Trump giving you an invitation. This is not the President of the United States giving you an invitation. God himself giving you an invitation. As he speaks at your heart's door and knocks and you refuse God says this is what will happen. 
strong delusion. And you'll believe a lie and be damned. And if God, God knows my heart, and the idea that anybody that I've ever preached to in all my life would miss God and miss out and one day think that they're going to have this chance to be saved, it's not going to happen. You've, you've been given the chance right here and right now. There will be millions of people that will get saved during the tribulation period. It's going to be people that never had the opportunity, and then they're going to have the opportunity, and they're going to accept that. But don't be deceived thinking, oh, I'd I refuse it now. I don't care. I refuse it now. I'm just not feeling it now. I just don't feel it on my, if I had chill bumps, then I'd go forward. Yeah, it's that scripture. Whosoever shall have chill bumps shall be saved. Think what it says. Oh, if they just sing that right song, whosoever hears the right song shall be saved. No. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. If you're here and you don't know and you're in the valley of decision and you've heard what this preacher had to say and God, by his spirit, knocks on your heart, you should be saved now. 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 Oh, preacher, I just don't see it that way. That's easy believism. You can call it whatever you want. This building was built a few years back. Vince Sharp run all these wires throughout all this whole thing. It took weeks and weeks and weeks. Got all wires running throughout all this, all these walls everywhere, in the ceilings, in the floors, everywhere. Receptacle boxes, nailed them all over. And then the, and then the receptacles themselves, put all them in. And then the receptacle covers, put all those on. And then the receptacle cover screws that go in and put all them on. All the switches. Buried all this cable outside. All these wires. Put in the box. Run, run all that out here to the, to the pad mount out here. Call Wayne White. And we got power half the time. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> Done all of that. And all we got to do is walk over and flip on the switch. God's done the big work. All we got to do is believe. Thank God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Will you please bow your heads. Father, we're thankful, dear God, for another time to be able to deliver your word unto your people. And God, if there is anyone here this day that never said yes to Jesus as their Savior, or maybe they have, and God, that, that decision that they made has gone so cold, and it just don't mean what it ought to mean to them, God, I pray that you would speak to them. Speak to them now. Speak to them. God, Christian people that know that they ought to have a burden to try to win their family, deal with them. God, this could be heaven or hell to somebody. This be life or death to somebody. Speak to the hearts of the people here, God. You do what I cannot do. 
You can do in a moment's time what a preacher could never do their whole lifetime. I'm praying, God, that you deal with the hearts of every person that's here. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. One more thing. I want to have you to bow your heads. We don't do this normally, but today I am. If you're here this day, you've heard the words that this preacher said. You know I'm not trying to deceive you. I'll give you what the Bible says here. And you never asked Jesus into your life, but you'd like to. Now, does that describe you? You've never asked, you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, but you'd like to do that today. If that describes you, I want you to raise your hand high enough for me to see it. Up in the balcony. Anybody up in the balcony? Anybody in the balcony? All right, on the main floor. Anybody on the main floor, you want to raise your hand high enough for this preacher to see it where I can... Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody at all? I'm not, I'm not a beggar. It's between you and God. If I, I certainly would like to be able to pray with you. Okay. As they sing, if the Spirit of God dealing with you and as a believer for someone you need to pray about and God speak to their heart, uh, touch them, whatever that is, put maybe light a fire under you to where you share Jesus more, whatever that is, these altars are now open. And as they begin to play and to sing, respond as the Spirit of God speaks to your heart. Come on.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. saw Jesus hanging on that tree, lifted up my heart down on my knees. day I met Jesus, foot of the cross, broken hearted and lonesome.